Lift up your hand, represent that need right now. Just lift up your hand, represent that need. You can speak it out loud. Hallelujah. Nobody's listening but the Lord and you. Or you can just keep it to yourself. Let's lift up our voices right now. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Call upon his name together right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. 
God, we thank you for an opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence, to worship you together in spirit and in truth. We love you tonight, God. We're thankful, Lord, for your goodness. We're thankful for your love, your mercy, your grace. Lord, there's none like you. Thank you for blessing our lives, for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. I pray for these needs, God, that are gathered in this house, those that are tuned in wherever they are, Lord, that you just minister and touch meet needs oh God we lean on you we trust in you you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us and I pray that you just have your way tonight do what you want to do God draw us closer to you in it all and through it all we pray in Jesus mighty name could you just put your hands together and clap to the Lord right now hallelujah hallelujah it's so good to see each and every one of you here on this first Thursday night. Why don't you take your time, move to two or three, and shake hands, give somebody a fist bump, a high five. Tell somebody you're glad to see them. Tell somebody you're glad to see them tonight. Come on, take your time. and be glad in it. For the last six months, we have had guest speakers on first Thursday. Tonight is the first time in six months that I have uh, spoke on first Thursday. But you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Why don't we go ahead and stand to our feet and, and um, we're going to read and take turns reading here. I'll read the odd verses. You guys read the even with us. Uh, together. If we could, let's turn to Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 23. I'll go ahead and start. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, him being Jesus. Next verse, everybody. He being who? Jesus. Next verse. And his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We perish. 
Next verse, everyone. And the sea, and there was a great calm. But the man marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? Mark chapter 4, verse number 35. We'll read about five or six verses here. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Him again being Jesus Next verse, everyone, and when they had sent away the multitude, all right, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full, everybody. Say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. Everybody say that. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Forty, everybody. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? God bless you. You may be seated. Going to talk about storm-proof faith here tonight. Storm-proof faith. God bless your word to our hearts and to our minds. Help us, Lord, to be more like you. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the Houston area, we've had our share of, of storms. Somebody say amen. Hurricanes, tropical storms, floods, wind, we've had it. We've experienced it if you've been here for very long. When one is coming, you get ready. When it's forecast, you get ready. You get batteries. You buy water, bottled water. The shelves are empty of food in the grocery store. You get your flashlights, you get your non-perishable foods. What are you doing? You're preparing yourself for something. Or if you're seriously ready, you get a generator, and then you make sure that you have gas cans full, and that's storm season. That's getting yourself ready for something that is going to come. The Bible is full of lessons based upon Storms. The first one is found in Genesis chapter number six. And that storm is a storm of judgment with Noah building an ark. And sin will only get you so far, folks, but eventually it will get you in water over your head. You cannot live and not think that it will not catch up to you. The next storm that, that is in the Bible that we are, are learn about is one that Jonah is in, An, another one. The storm he got caught in didn't have to do with, with sin so much. It was a storm to get his attention. It was to get him on the right track, to get him going in the right direction and get him back into the will of God and retarget him and teach him what life really is all about. And then there's this storm that 
When Jesus finished teaching all these life lessons and he says, if you hear what I taught you and and do what I say unto you, you will be likened to a man who has built his house on a rock. And when the winds and the storm come to your house, it will stand. But if you hear what I say and you do not do those things, you'll be like the man who builds his house upon the sand and looks the same on the outside but then when the storm comes there's a difference that happens the other one stands but this one that is built uh, on sand does not stand Uh, it will not stay there because it's not built uh, upon a rock storms are used a lot in scripture in Matthew chapter 14, the disciples uh, are on the Sea of Galilee and need some help. And this event from Matthew chapter 14 is listed in three gospels, three of the four. And I love the story here. It's not the same as the text that we just read. But let me touch it just for a moment. The Bible says that Jesus sent them into the storm here. He had just fed the 5,000. Now he sends them into a storm and not so they can sink not so they can just have trouble in their life or not for their destruction but so they can get some things settled in their life you won't go down folks boats don't go down unless the water gets on the inside they don't go down unless the water takes in the boat takes in too much water keep the storm on the outside of the boat folks keep the storms of your life on the outside If it ever gets on the inside, the boat will go down. Somebody put your hands together and clap to the Lord. Noah pitched the ark on the outside and on the inside. Don't be around people that penetrates uh, through the pitch. Go through it uh, without allowing it to get inside of you. Go through the trouble. Go through the problem. But don't let the trouble and the problem get on the inside because it will ultimately sink you if it gets on the inside. Uh, if you want to know what's, uh, what's getting in you, what, what are you allowing in you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What do you talk to your friends about? What do you talk to your family members about? Whatever your mouth is talking about, that's what your heart uh, is full of. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth speaketh. Here Jesus is multiplying bread and he's multiplying fish. And the disciples are handing it out. They're distributing uh, the blessings uh, of the master. And they're part of a creative Miracle. They take part here in a creative miracle. It's an amazing moment. Uh, then on the other side uh, of the lake, uh, on the other side of the storm, every person that Jesus touches uh, was made whole. Every single person that had a need uh, was healed. Uh, on one side, it's a creative miracle of the 5,000 fed. On the other side of the sea, uh, it's healing miracles and everyone was made whole. But in the middle, it's a storm. In the middle, there was a, a storm. It's miracle, uh, and then the struggle in the middle, and then it's followed by miracle. He's showing us through that that life uh, with him is not one grand continuation of miracles and miracles and miracles uh, and no struggle. In this life, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome The world is what he said. Put your hands back together and clap to the Lord. 
Verse 24 there says that the winds were contrary. The winds were contrary. They were fierce. They were against them. It was difficult, uh, but it was not destructive. It was hard to traverse through, but it was not sent to destroy them. It wasn't something that brings them to ruin. They were laboring against the wind. They were laboring and toiling against the wind. And that's something uh, uh, about some, where some of you are in life. Uh, it's listed in Matthew. It's listed in Mark. And it's listed again in John. Uh, and they all say it was bad wind. The wind was contrary. One verse says that the wind was contrary. The Greek word anantios, anantios says that the winds were opposite. They were going this way and the wind was coming this way. It was opposite of them. It was contrary to them. The direction that I choose to go, the winds maybe they seem always against you. The winds are contradicting us. They're saying wouldn't it be easier if we just went the other way with the wind instead of against it stay on this side the wind is saying I'm not supporting your decision the wind is saying we're not voting with you the wind is saying we are contrary the wind is saying we are resisting you like when you make a decision, it seems that everything is going against it. People against you. Resources against you. The winds were contrary. And it was constant. It didn't let up. It just seemed like it was constantly coming against them. Sometimes the opposition is human. Sometimes the opposition is other people. Sometimes it's the wind. Sometimes it's breath. Uh, I'm going to live for God. And someone says, uh, you can't do that. You've tried before and you couldn't do it. What makes you think you're going to be able to do it uh, now? You're wasting your time. The winds uh, are contrary. It's a direct opposition to what I'm doing. It, it's contrary. It's against everything that I'm standing for. It's contrary. Sometimes it's circumstantial, but other times it's people. Sometimes it's situations, but sometimes it's people. But again, these were experienced men of the sea, and they had been to Galilee before. This was not the first time they were on this body of water, and they were rowing across, but the winds were in opposition. The winds were against them. It wasn't a tornado. It, it wasn't a hurricane. The winds were just pushing them back, and they were trying to go forward, but they kept pushing, pushing pushing them back. The sun was down. The miracle took place at the fourth watch. They took off at about 8 p.m. and now here it is at 4 a.m. in the morning and they'd only gone about three miles and, and they knew how to row. It wasn't something that they were inexperienced in. It, it wasn't that they were doing things wrong. They just weren't getting anywhere. They sure weren't getting anywhere very fast. This is a picture of life circumstances that we face. There are some things that aren't meant to ruin you, but are meant to make you stronger. They're not meant to destroy you, but they're meant to make you stronger. Tension builds muscles. 
tensions builds muscles. It helps you to grow. It helps you to move forward in whatever you're doing. Our walk with God must be steeped in a faith which can withstand the stresses of life and tribulation. We need a faith that is stress resistant, that is able to stand in the face of difficulty. I don't want my faith to only work when conditions are favorable. I don't want my faith to only work when things are on my side or going my way. But when things are against you and the wind is contrary, you've got to stand strong in faith and believe that God is going to make a way. In a car, and it's true for a lot of different engines, oil is used to lubricate the parts to decrease the friction that wears out the working parts. Only fresh oil, somebody say fresh oil. Only fresh oil has the density, the proper density, the proper thickness to serve an engine or a machine well. This thickness is called viscosity. And it's important for its measure. Uh, it measures the ability of the oil to withstand heat and pressure and to reduce friction or stress. The lower the viscosity, the less the oil protects under certain levels of pressure. It's important to change the oil in your car on a regular basis. And somebody say, amen. I think every one of our cars needs its oil changed right now. Every single one of them. So uh, it's important to do that. If you want them to, uh, to last, if you want some longevity, it's important uh, to change the oil at the, proper, at the proper time on a regular basis. Don't just do this once in a while. Do it on a regular basis. So it's important that some manufacturers recommend oil changes every three to 5,000 miles. Some of your uh, cars may not... Flip on the, the oil thing till you hit 7,500 miles. Maybe, maybe they want that thing to wear out so you'll have to buy a new one soon. I don't know. But uh, it's important to get, to get these things done uh, on a regular basis to get the maximum benefit or the maximum life out of your vehicle. Otherwise, uh, in addition to getting dirty, the oil also gets thin and discolored and can harm uh, uh, rather than protect the engine, rather than being something that lubricates and make it run smoothly if it's lasting if it's in there too long it can actually harm harm the engine rather than protecting it so also with your anointing with the spirit of the living god it will wear thin under the heat of spiritual battle that we are all involved in that is why you must give yourself daily and give daily attention to prayer and bible study and getting into the presence of your great God. Let it not just be something that you randomly do, but let it be something that you do daily. Enter into the presence of God and let his spirit refresh your spirit and allow the right stuff to be in you. It's the only way to build. It's the only way to maintain your spiritual thickness and strength. There's nothing that can take that part of the spiritual disciplines in your life you cannot neglect them I say it over and over we don't just pray 42 days a year it's not just 21 days of prayer and then you wait until it happens again in August we've got to keep praying every single day every single day and allow God to refresh us 
over and over and over again the only way that we're going to be able to stand up to the pressures of life to the pressures of the battle is to continually be anointed with fresh oil from God we need a fresh touch of God's spirit upon our lives for it's not by might nor yet by power but it's only by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts So you got to get ready for storms. you got to storm-proof your faith because they will come. You don't know when they'll come. But if that Bible example that we just read is any indication of how it actually unfolds in our life, it's miracles, storm, miracles. I like miracles and I like to live on mountaintops. I wish it was just a perpetual high time when living and walking with God. But, but oftentimes there's valleys. Oftentimes there's problems. Oftentimes there's situations. Uh, and our faith has to be strong enough uh, to continue to push us through. A faith that can stand stress will not go under in heavy waters. A faith that can stand opposition will not go down in heavy winds. Spiritually, that's why we need. That's what we need. Stress won't collapse it. It's not going to break it up when things go wrong. We all need a strong faith. So let's look at this incident that we just read a little deeper. It's found in Matthew in chapter 8. And there's a companion passage in the fourth chapter of Mark's gospel. It says, after having taught, the Lord says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Always moving forward, never just stationary, never just standing still, always progressing. You can't just stand still when you're walking with God. You walk. It's a progressive thing. You're always uh, moving. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Anybody's religion that is immobilized soon will be paralyzed. Uh, if it's immobilized, uh, it will soon be paralyzed to where it can't move. If you're not growing in grace, you're calcifying in faith. To stand still is not to progress. Now, I understand that, yes, there are moments and there are seasons in life when we can't press forward. When maybe the army's behind us and the sea is in front of us and there's no way to go. At those times, you stand still and see the salvation of our great God. And he'll step on the scene and he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. But a still church is a stagnant church. A church that's not moving forward. A people that's not moving forward and progressing. It doesn't have any freshness moving through it. It doesn't have life. Death is still. Death does not move. Death has has no wrinkles in the dresses and it has no sweat on the brow we need to progressively be moving forward the bible says the dead praise not the lord we don't want to be a dead church we want to be a church that's alive and vibrant and full of the anointing and full of the power and the presence of god every time we gather the Lord Jesus says to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. The Lord is always calling his people forward, always progressing them, always keeping them moving. Continue in my love, he says to John as he's about to depart. Continue in my love. Keep moving with it. Don't quit. Keep on going. How we all need to keep growing and keep progressing in the Lord. Follow me, Jesus says. He's not just 
standing still, but he's moving. He's progressing. After he cured and delivered a man, he said, don't stay here. Go back home and tell what the Lord has done for you. So now he tells his disciples, let us go over to the other side was the Sea of Galilee, an inland sea. They had to travel about six or seven miles. And that night, the sea was at first calm and placid. And they traveled uh, to the other side. And suddenly, the winds came screaming down through the pass of the mountains. Uh, This sea, which had been so calm, became angry, frothing at the mouth, and white-capped waves billowing and, and, and dipping down, the little ship bouncing and tossing in through the waves uh, until the disciples were horrified. Uh, They were scared half to death. Uh, Now we know that these people who were on the ship were not just land lovers. They they were seafaring people. Some were fishermen. We know that. They they knew the Sea of Galilee. We know that. They had fished uh, on the Sea of Galilee. We know that. Uh, It was their profession, their their business. It was their strength, uh, so to speak. But on this particular occasion, the fury of the storm was so great that it terrified them. It it scared them to death. They were fearful when they shouldn't have been fearful. There was but one advantage which that frail craft tossing upon this mad and angry sea had. It had Jesus on board. Jesus was on board with them. Jesus was in the boat with them. And that's my first point here tonight. We've got to have Jesus on board. We've got to make sure Jesus is in our boat. We've got to make sure that he's with us at all time. If you're going to handle this business we call life, if you're going to handle this voyage, this sea, you need the Lord on board. Everything we do, we need Jesus with us. Uh, We can't come in or go out without him. We can't rise up or sit down without him. We've got to have him. I don't want to do it without him. Uh, Don't get in a relationship. Don't get in a marriage without the Lord uh, on board. The sea is treacherous. Uh, The sea is dangerous. Uh, We've got to have uh, the Lord uh, on board. When the storm got furious, uh, the lightning flashing and the thunder rolled. The wind screaming and the waves crashing. These experienced seamen were terrified. And having him on board, uh, they had enough sense to the second point to call on him. When things happen in your life, you need enough presence of mind to call on Jesus, to call on the one that can make a difference in your life. I don't know any other way to make this journey except calling upon him. You've got to call on him. He knows the end from the beginning. Call on his name. There's no substitute for prayer we can go over all the books on self-help 
how to improve your minds, how to improve your vocabulary. But unless we learn the vocabulary of prayer, we are in a bad fix. Unless we know how to call upon him and get his attention. I'm talking about when great winds blow contrary in your life. You need to know how to call on him. Ask him for help. Talk to him. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm in need. And you know that he's a very present help in the time of need. Ask the Savior to help you. Call on his name. He's willing. He'll carry you through. Be thankful for the privilege. Thankful for the privilege of asking Jesus to protect your family and take care of your children. To see about your hopes. To see about your dreams. To handle your needs. To correct your faults. To confirm your faith. To strengthen your determination. To give you the power to overcome. To stand the storm. To go on and to see what the end will be. You ought to be thankful for an opportunity to call on his name. We ought to talk regularly to Jesus. It ought not be a briar-covered path that we have to cross to get to the Lord. It not be something that we almost have to learn how to do all over again and unclear the path to him. But we ought to be, it ought to be a well-worn path so that we don't need a road map to find where the Lord is. But we've been traversing, we've been visiting with him often. We know exactly how to get into his presence. We know exactly how to call on his name. Continue doing it. Continue reaching out to him. We ought to travel that road so regularly that we can run hastily to meet him. Tell him all about your trouble. When trouble is upon you, you don't have time to pick your way through the thickets. You need right then to be able to communicate with God and ask for help. Thus, we need to cultivate our prayer life. Continue with prayer. Continue reaching out to him. If we're cultivating in the calm, if we're cultivating in the calm, we'll find it easier to seek him in the storm. If you're reaching out to him when there's not a problem, when a problem does show up, it's so much easier to get to him. It's so much easier to get in his presence. You don't have to work your way through layers of difficulty or objections or qualifications or uncertainties. If you've been talking with him, if you've been praying, if you've been spending time with him, you can talk more easily when trouble does show up and when storms do arise. They called out to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Master, don't you care? What are you doing sleeping Don't you care that we perish? The storm is raging. We're unable to handle it. We don't know how we're going to get through to tomorrow. The waves are mounting up. A great and mighty tempest is blowing on this sea. And it looks like we are momentarily going down. Seems as if the ship cannot last any longer. Seems as if the situation has overcome me. It seems as if I never get out of this battle. That I'll never overcome the situation. Seems as if this ship cannot last any longer. Master, carest thou not that we perish? 
They found Jesus asleep. But it was not the sleep of indifference. He was sleeping partly because he was weary, but also because he knew the end from the beginning. And he knew what he would do. Panic comes because of frustration. Sometimes people panic and they worry and they don't know how it's going to end up and they can't figure out in their mind how this is going to happen and how that's going to happen and how they're going to overcome that and how they're going to get through that. And panic becomes because, comes because of frustration. Folks, no one ever gets into a panic. No one ever gets into a panic who knows what the next step is. When you know the next step, when you know what's going to happen next, you don't get in a panic. It's like, those, it's like those stories or whatever, and they've got this big cliffhanger and some type of drama and some type of twist at the end. If you've already seen it, you're not on the edge of your seat because you already know how it's going to end. If you put all of your faith and all of your trust in Jesus, you're not fearful when problems come. You're not fearful when the storm comes because ultimately he knows how it's going to end. And you've got to know as well. You've got to, you've got to not panic. And Jesus didn't panic. He was asleep. No one ever panics and gets into a panic who knows the next step. We go to pieces because we don't know what to do next. We don't know how this thing is going to end. There's no condition in life so bad if you know the next step. Jesus knew what the next step was. He was asleep. And it was a sign of his identification with our humanity. He identified with our humanity. And I'm glad Jesus got tired. I'm glad that he got weary. Because when we're tired, when we're weary, he knows what it's like. Because he was there. He traveled the road that we travel. Somebody say amen. He was tempted in all points like as us, yet without sin. He sweated our sweat. He drank our water. He ate our food. He felt our loneliness and suffered our sense of desertion. He knows all about our troubles. He's been this way before. He's traveled this road before. He knows all about your troubles. He knows where the road dips down. He knows where the currents are more heavy. He knows when the way is rough and rocky. He knows when it looks like your way is blocked and you cannot make it another step. He knows what it feels like to be weary. And so he slept he slept in the midst of that boat he slept also because there was in Jesus a great and wondrous and mysterious and inexplicable combination of the divine as well as the human he was not only a man but he was also God he was also God he slept as a human but he got up as the divine you find that over and over and over again in the gospels that mix of divinity and humanity mortal and eternal man and God he wept at Lazarus tomb as a man but when he spoke he spoke as God and said Lazarus come forth 
It took a man to weep, weep, but it took God to speak. And so he slept. They shook him and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And I can see him as he shakes the cobwebs of the slumber from his eyes. And he stretches and he stands up and maybe even gives a little bit of a yawn there to see the sea and the wind boisterous and the waves crashing against the boat. Matthew didn't hear what he said. Matthew obviously didn't hear what he said because he doesn't write the words that he said. Matthew says he looked out into the sea and he rebuked it. I do know that Matthew didn't quite grasp what Jesus says, but the sea knew what was looking at. The sea knew what he said. Mark said that Jesus said something and Mark heard what he said. Mark said uh, that he said, peace, be still. You do not know if he said it in a loud voice. I don't think it had to be a loud voice. Because the sea had heard that voice before. In the morning of creation when he said, let there. So the sea was acquainted with that voice. And when it heard, peace, be still. One scholar translated into like a hush. Kind of like a mother talking to a child, trying to get them to quiet down. lightning folded its flame and ran back to its hiding place and the winds got still and fled to their homes in the hills hush the sea stretched out like a pet dog before its master and the elements grew calm the Lord can speak peace to our souls He says to us, shh, hush, peace. Don't be disturbed. Don't be troubled. It is I. Be not afraid. I will not let you fall. I will not let you down. I will not let your enemy overtake you. I will not let trouble conquer you. I will not let sickness defeat you. I will not let your enemies bring you into the dust. I will not let death defeat you. Hush, my child. Peace. Be still. Be still, troubled soul. The Lord is on your side. Be still, great storm, clouds gather. Peace, be still. You've got the formula. Number one, you've got to keep the Lord on board. Make sure Jesus is in the center of everything you do. Make sure he's with you in ever-present help in the time of need. Number two, don't mind calling on him. Call on him fast. Don't wait to get him involved. Call 
on him. And number three, wait for him to answer. Wait for him to answer. He might not be on your schedule, but he will not be late. He'll be right on time. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be there just in time. He never fails. That's one word that's not in his vocabulary. He will bless your life. So I don't know what you're battling with here today. But I know we're coming out of a kind of miracle, miracle, miracle. And I just know, I just know that maybe somebody's in a storm. And I know by by different people's health uh, reports that have come back that storm winds are blowing. Storm winds are blowing, but Jesus can step to the bow of the ship and speak peace right where you are in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the uncertainty, right in the midst of your situation. Shh, I'm taking care of this. I'm over this. I have control in all of this. Could you stand your feet with me? And I wonder if we could just kind of gather up around front. There's no, there's, there's no pressure here tonight. It's, it, it's just us. And we're just going to stand and we're going to pray. And we're going to sing a song. And we're going to call upon his name. Nobody's going to mess with you. Nobody's going to come and do anything to you or anything like that. But we're just going to come before the Lord and call upon his name once more. And just reaffirm in our hearts and our minds that he's going to be on ship with us. He's going to be on board with us. We've got to have him. We've We've got to have him and we're going to call upon him all the time. We're not going to wait until a problem happens or shows up or a storm blows in. We're going to keep on calling on his name continually and then we're going to expect him to respond. He's going to respond and he's going to speak peace to our situation. He's going to speak peace to our sickness and be healed in the name of Jesus. He's going to touch our lives. He's going to touch our lives. Could you pray right now? Could you lift up your voices and pray? Come on, let's call on him right now. We believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. That's it. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. Let faith rise. Let faith rise. I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. Yes, he cares that you're in that situation. Yes, he cares that you're going through that problem. Yes, he cares. The very hairs of your head are numbered. He cares what what you care about, what troubles you. He cares about that. Hush, child. Hush, child. I'm in control of this. I've got this under your feet. I'm going to make you victorious. You're going to rise again. You will be victorious over this battle. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Come on, let's call on him. Let's call on his name. Let faith rise up in your heart and in your mind. Come on, believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Call on his name. Call on his name right now. I trust in you, Lord. I depend on you, Jesus.
Anybody feel uncomfortable though? Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to pray one with another. We need to storm proof our faith. We need to storm proof our faith. Let faith rise up. Let faith rise up. Come on, pray one with another right now that the Lord would just instill faith in our hearts. Lift faith. Lift up our faith. Lift up our faith. Faith will cast out fear. Hallelujah. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Come on, pray with your neighbor right now. The Lord blesses, the Lord strengthens, the Lord ministers to us right where we are. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. God, let faith come. Strengthen right now. Minister right now. Every heart, every mind, God, right now, touch. Strengthen, Lord. Help us to draw closer to you, I pray. Draw us closer to you, I pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, have your way, Lord. Have your way in our hearts, have your way in our homes, have your way in our families. Touch and strengthen right now. Touch and strengthen right now. Help us to make sure you're in the boat with us, Lord. Help us to call upon you, not to hesitate, but to call upon you and then wait. Wait and listen to your response. You'll show up and show yourself strong. You'll never leave us nor forsake us, but you'll go with us even to the ends of the earth. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for a peace that passeth all understanding. Allow that to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, uh, our Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your word, I pray, God, that you'd seal it up in our hearts and our minds. Let us be encouraged that our faith rise, our faith rise and help us to storm-proof our very walk with God, our very faith, God. And even when storms come and trouble comes, stress comes and the winds blow and the waves crash against us and things are contrary to us, help us to stand in faith. Know you're there, God, and the call upon you call upon you Lord and then listen and believe that you're going to show up and show yourself strong believe that you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way in Jesus mighty name somebody say in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Sunday morning 9 a.m. as well as 11 a.m. 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. next Sunday morning this coming Sunday believe God to do great things why don't you give a few people a high five hallelujah hallelujah